Hello, this is Discover, and we take customer service very seriously. We know that if you have a question or concern about your credit card, that's a serious matter, and you need to talk to a real person about it. So we offer around-the-clock access to seriously talented representatives in the USA. Again, it's a serious endeavor. The only funny thing about it is Bob. If you call us and Bob answers, you're in for a treat. Get 100% U.S.-based customer service and talk to a real person day or night. Discover exceptionally common sense. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the West Coast Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Frias Guzman. Just want to welcome everybody on this uh, happy Tuesday. It'll be, what is it today? October, what, 5th? Yeah, sorry about that, guys. It is October 5th, 2021. Uh, I'm actually only about 16 days away from my birthday here coming up. So definitely getting excited for that coming up. I'll be turning the big 29, only one year away from 30. Sometimes I feel like just time has gone by so fast here, guys. So I just wanted to drop that here just to go ahead and um, give you guys a little bit of background on me. For those of you guys who are not family, I know a lot of my family has been listening to this. And I definitely want to thank all of you out there who have been listening to this podcast before I get started here. And uh, just to kind of intro a little bit about what this podcast is going to be about here, guys, as you guys can tell from the title, I'll be talking about the the Monday night game with the Las Vegas Raiders against the Los Angeles Chargers, talking about them, that unfortunate loss, just kind of breaking down the game a little bit, letting you know some uh, some things that I kind of looked up on and some, th- some key injuries that happened as well. So we'll just kind of get a quick overview of that. We'll talk about the uh, game on Sunday, I think it was, against the Brooklyn Nets with the Los Angeles Lakers. We'll also talk about mainly about Paul Gasol. Um, this guy was probably one of my favorite Lakers of all time, um, just because during the three-peat era, I was never really... I wasn't that old. I was, I was still a kid. I was only... Shit. I was born in 92, so even when they first got started, I was only seven, eight years old when uh, Kobe and Shaq first started playing for the Lakers around that time. And so we'll just talk a little bit about that here, guys. But uh, before I get into all that here, I do I do just want to remind you really quick here that you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter. It's the same handle, West Coast Pod 702. Again, that's West Coast Pod 702. And you can find me on my email address as well. It's West Coast Sports Podcast at gmail.com. So we'll just get right into it here, guys. I think I'm going to finish up with the happier note. And so we'll leave the Lakers news and everything and Paul Gasol for the end here. Uh, let's go ahead and break down the first thing that I wanted to talk about here today. The the Raiders ended up going against the Chargers on Monday night. Um, it was a weird game, honestly, here, guys. Um, I haven't heard a football game being delayed for weather in such a long time. Um, even if it was raining, you know, even if they didn't have a roof, you know, <laughs> if you guys didn't catch the TV, bro- the, the TV broadcast, you missed a really good, funny joke or a really good moment. Uh, it was the refs actually trying to explain to John Gridden, the, hood, the head coach of the Raiders, um, that they were going to have to postpone the game or delay the game because of weather or because of lightning. And all you see him is just pointing up to the roof, like basically saying, like, uh, we play in a dome. You know that, right? Like, <laughs> like, it's like, come on, dude. Like, I never I never heard of that. It's the first time I've heard of a, of a game being delayed because of lightning or because of weather when you play in a dome. I mean, almost like I want to say half of the half of the stadiums, especially the ones on the West Coast, they all play in domes. Pretty much anything Texas to the West, uh, Texas and West of Texas has a dome pretty much just about now. Even some of the colder weather um, stadiums have have domes nowadays because they they worry about that cold west weather in the in uh, November, December, January. You know, and even if it, even if it is a, a East Coast um, 
stadium that we're playing in for the Super Bowl, you have to put that into consideration too, or you have to think about that too. So um, I don't know that 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 to me just kind of weirded me out, or it kind of was just a little odd. Um, you know, overall they had so they had a late start. They didn't get started until about four, like 30, 40 minutes later from the time that they were expected to start. I think the kickoff was supposed to be like at five fifteen. They started more like around five fifty. So um. <sighs> Overall, that first it was a, it was really a tale of two halves. That first half it was similar to like what we've seen in the first few games where the Raiders would go down 14-0, and we're really just hoping on that last drive, um, getting getting closer to the to the half that the Chargers wouldn't score to make it 21-0. You know, <laughs> I think a lot of Raider fans were just like, nah, it's 14-0, we got this, we got. And then we saw that 21-0, we're like, oh shit, you know, but. Overall, we still came back guns blazing in the second half, which is what I expected. I expected John Gruden. I expected, uh, you know, uh, Derek Carr, you know, just all the captains, all the leaders on the team to go ahead and, you know, Josh Jacobs, you know, just uh, Henry Ruggs, you know, and these guys are the ones who actually stepped up. Darren Waller, you know, the, the offensive line stepped up as well. It just overall at the end, it was just too little too late at the end or it was just you know trying to trying to catch up from such a big def deficit you know if it was 14-0 we scored 14 points unanswered so we would have been tied we would have been tied to 14-14 at that point but fortunately uh, trying to go to make up that extra seven points when it was 14 to 21 we unfortunately gave up the ball Derek Carr gave up an interception that kind of just led to the you know to the end of the game there you know basically just Chargers ended up going up up the field one more time. I believe they scored a field goal. Then we tried to go up again, and we just couldn't get it done. Um, it got to the point, where, or actually, no, they didn't even score. No, they scored one more touchdown. My bad. Yeah, they scored one more touchdown, making it 21-14. to 14. That ultimately ended up being the final score. Uh, you know, just to kind of give you guys a breakdown, I think, yeah, we got off to a slow start, and that's one of the things that our offense definitely needs to do because our defense, yeah, I mean, they gave up that early touchdown on the first drive for the, to, to the Chargers. Maybe they just kind of caught them by surprise or something like that, whatever the case was. But, you know, our defense is not, you know, lights out. You know, it's not a defense that's going to stop every single person, every single team from being able to score or anything like that. But, you know, when they got the energy, when they got when they got things going, they can do that. They can get you the ball back. You know, they can get you a four and out and they can have the team punt it or they can, you know, and that's another thing that I can credit to the Chargers. They're really gutsy. He read the head coach, uh, Deuce Daly, I believe um, he or Bruce Daly. He reminds me a lot of how um, Jack Del Rio would actually go for for it on fourth often, especially if it was like fourth and short. He would go for it almost all the time. You know, so it is definitely just kind of look at like how other coaches kind of coach their team and put that confidence in them. And not to go in and say that John Gridden and the coaching staff for the Raiders don't do that, you know, but it, it, it is just kind of a look at like how other teams just kind of, you know, just kind of work their, their stuff around. But overall, it's just a little note that I had to put out there. You know, overall, the Chargers played their game. Uh, you know, Justin Herbert's a hell of a quarterback. This dude can can run. He can throw with accuracy. Uh, I can't wait to see exactly what this guy is going to do. I just don't like the fact that he's going to do it in a, in a Chargers uniform. <laughs> But, you know, so, I mean, I have to give up my props. I'm a football fan also, you know, not only my Raiders fan, but I'm also going to tell you guys here on this podcast when what the Raiders have done wrong or what when other teams are doing better than the Raiders or whatever the case is. And I don't necessarily think that the Chargers are better than the Raiders. I feel like we can grow later on this season, and I feel like it is going to be coming down maybe to the Chargers, the Chiefs, and us, you know, in that, in that, in that, in the AFC West. So, you 
it is it is definitely a thing where I want to give props to the team. Now, I definitely don't want to go ahead and start hyping up the, the Chargers or anything like that. I think they got some holes in their game. Austin Eckler, I mean, he's a hell of a running back and everything. Um, I feel like once we started getting more physical with the team, though, that was one of the main things that I noticed. We started getting really physical with the team. We started hitting them harder. We started going. We started applying more pressure on them. We anytime they caught the ball, we pretty much tackled them right away. So I mean, I really feel like that that energy, that 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 physicality needs to be there the entire game, not just when you're down 14-0, not just when you're when I, not just when you lose by a touchdown or not just when you give up a touchdown so quick, you know, not, not like, it needs to be like that from, from start to end. And that's been one of the things that I like so much about, um, or that is one of the things that I like so much about Gus Bradley is that he's all about putting uh, different lineups, you know, out there, having different rotations of guys going out there to go ahead and keep, and stay fresh. And you notice that the defense was getting a little tired at the end and everything there. I mean, they had been out there a lot. And, um, that's another thing i'm really hoping that our offensive line and our running game kind of gets going because that's one of the easiest ways to keep our defense fresh and to make sure that we're running down the clock making sure that we're eating up all that time and we're also getting some points because in john gridden's offensive um game plan you need to have a solid running game to complement that passing game you know we saw overall that Derek Carr has what it takes in order for these first three games in order to lead a team to put them on their back and everything and, and to be able to get the victory now do we want that to happen every game I don't I I, I me you guys can you get most of you guys who are my family uh, my friends know how much of a Derek Carr fan I am or if you guys been listening to this podcast you guys know that I'm a big Derek Carr fan he's my he's our quarterback and there's no doubt about it I'm gonna back up that dude no matter what now I can tell you He's not the kind of quarterback like a Tom Brady, like a Drew Brees, like a Peyton Manning. You know, he's not going to he's not going to be the guy who can put his team on his back every single game. Do we want that? Maybe every once in a while. Sure. And can he do it? Yeah, of course. No, no doubt about no doubt about it. He's he's done it. He I believe he there's all kinds of stats when it comes down to, you know, game winning drives in the fourth quarter, stuff like that, or overtime game winning drives. You know, he's had all kinds of stats when it comes down to that. But we know that nobody's perfect nobody can do it every single game so why would we want to put him in that kind of situation you know i mean and of course i know i know it's only one game i don't i don't want to make it seem like it's the end of the world end of the world or anything here but um overall i mean i've seen some improvements i love seeing josh jacobs out there it looks like he's starting to get a little bit healthier just i can't wait to see him once he actually gets everything going the other thing, the offensive line, it sounds like seems like they're kind of getting a little bit more gelled together. On the defensive side, it seems like Trayvon Merrick, uh, the our first round pick on the 19th pick, I think he was. That guy, he's been showing up that he's he's the real deal. He came up with a really big tip. Um, uh, he ended the tip in the bond. I think it was like the third quarter that kind of saved the drive and and allowed them to get a four and out in order to go and get the ball back. Uh, he, it seemed like he was just there on, on almost every single play, you know, when it came down to either tackling a guy, uh, tipping a ball, you know, applying pressure, you know, just about anything. This day, this guy was all over the place. Uh, Denzel Perriman, I, I, again, I can't say anything about, I can't say anything else about this guy. This guy played a hell of a game, you know, um, I believe, uh, Illuminor, uh, God, I can't think about his name. Jonathan? Jonathan Illuminor, I want to say. No, no, that's Jonathan Hankins. What am I tripping? I'm over here mixing the names and shit. 
um aluminor i know that's his last name aluminor is his last name he's uh one of our defensive tackles this guy got a big sack in the game as well that got to bring uh jo um, justin herbert down you know just overall there was a nice there was nice things to go in and say about the team and just plays that came up or players that came up big in certain situations and definitely we need to build off of that you know it's it's just a matter of just hitting back going back to the plate to the to the film seeing what went wrong and just seeing where we can improve and i'm sure that the raiders and the coaching staff and everything are definitely well aware of all that kind of stuff i'm excited to see what's going to happen next i think we got the bears coming into town next week over here in vegas and i can't wait to see what's going to happen there uh, so far we've been perfect and at home i'm pretty sure we can continue that it'll be nice to go in and see the bears coming into town and we can have that uh defensive line go ahead and uh go after justin fields <laughs> but um yeah i just wanted to bring that up here today's guys on the for that for the las vegas raiders game for the unfortunate loss there to the um to the chargers but overall raiders are three and one we're i believe still at the top if not first or second in the afc west now down due to that loss we're going to be tied i believe with the chargers and i think the broncos are three and one too no, no, I think the Broncos are like two and one or I don't know, something like that. But I know we're char we're we're up there with the Chargers now and tied either for first or second at this or tied first. Um so we'll go in and see how the rest of the season plays out. I'm really just kind of taking a day game by game on this one, guys. I'm never looking forward or anything, never looking too far ahead or anything like that. I see we got the Bears coming up, and I think uh, we just need to prepare ourselves for the Bears at this point at that uh, when it comes down to that. Uh, the next thing that I wanted to bring up here, I know I kind of went a little bit far on the uh, on the Raiders here, but uh, I wanted to bring up the Los Angeles Lakers for a little bit. They actually had a a nice um yeah they had a game going against the Brooklyn Nets. Game was actually pretty cool. It was nice going to just kind of see all the new guys, all the new faces out there. LeBron, Westbrook, Trevor Reza, Carmelo Anthony, they all sat down um ad only played a quarter um i believe he only played like 11 minutes or something like that overall it is definitely just kind of it is definitely exciting to go ahead and see what the team is has kind of become at this point and you know the the team overall just kind of looks nice when it comes down to like even having like some of these young guys that have been around in the, who have been in the league only for a little bit it was nice to see Kendrick Nunn out there. You get to see a little bit of what he brings into the game and how he has those ball handling skills, uh, how he likes to attack the basket. We got to see some incredible shooting out there. Malik Monk has already kind of become a bit of a fan favorite. This guy ended up going four for six, scored 10 points. You know, it showed that he can be an efficient scorer and he can get some points up there. I believe he actually only played for a little bit too. Uh, Wayne Ellington, same thing. He got to show his versatility. Not that he, not, not only is he a scorer and a and a three point master, but this guy also, man, this guy can also go in and get it if he decides that he wants to go to the basket or something like that. He can actually attack the basket. He can actually go after it and um, you know come up with some easy points if he really wants to. This team, I feel like overall is just going to be really great at the uh, fast break. It is going to be something like a, it is, I think, in my opinion, just going to be something really fun to go in and see because they, they, you kind of see that they're going to have a different approach to, to offense. You know, they're not going to be the team that's just going to try to physically dominate you inside all the time. But we also have some really great shooters. 
uh, I really am excited to see what kind of other lineups and things are going to come up, you know, over the offseason. You know, I want to see, I can't wait to see when Russ, when Braun, when Melo, Ariza get out there to go in and see what's going to happen. Uh, we got to see that Bazemore, uh, Ken Bazemore, I had for whatever reason, I mean, I think this happens anytime that whenever you're an, uh, a casual NBA NBA fan like like myself like I watch other teams but I just have a general idea of how good of how good other players or other teams are except for a few of them a few of them I know exactly how good they are because they're they're better or they're or they're being compared to my to my Lakers but um overall I feel like everybody has a certain idea of how a player plays or how the good they are so on and so forth and Kemp Bazemore kind of follows under falls under that category for myself. I knew he was a good court. I knew that he was a good player. Um, you know, I knew that he can shoot up threes. I know that he's fast. That he's pretty solid on defense. He's actually a lot better on defense than I thought. He's really solid. Um, you know, I would definitely say right off the back are two better offensive players. <laughs> that are not so great at defense are going to be Malik Monk and Wayne Ellington. And those are two guys that I think can actually fulfill a better, a bigger need offensively. You know, Malik Monk kind of has that, you know, Lou Will kind of where he can come off the bench and he can get some buckets. Same thing when it comes down to Kendrick Nunn. This guy is kind of like that six man coming off of the bench. He can get some points up. So I'm definitely going to be excited to see what those two guys can do. And I'll be definitely excited to see how Frank Vogel kind of gets this rotation going, because I would like to see THT being out there with uh, with Kendrick Nunn. I think we saw that out there for a little bit. I would like to see Kendrick Nunn and, uh, and Malik Monk out there and being that Malik Monk is a little bit taller. He's like, I mean, you know, it's not huge or it's not a huge difference, but I think that's one of the biggest things that I that I that I noticed from uh, Kendrick Nunn is he's actually a little bit smaller than I thought. <laughs> He's, uh, he's, yeah, he's pretty small, you know, but, uh, it looks like the guy is the kind of guy that doesn't back down from anybody or anything like that, which is overall what we want from the, from the Lakers overall. And I got to say, I mean, I'm just excited. Uh, I mean, you got to definitely go check out some of the highlights guys. I think, uh, Dwight Howard had a great game. Uh, Deandre Jordan, Jordan had an okay game, but there was a lot of reports saying that he was coming out from practice looking really good. You know, um, overall, just the the feel for this game kind of had the same feel for the for the Raiders game. You know, just a weird game where they had, they had that delay. But in this one, they actually had an early game. It was a Sunday night. It was a Sunday game at 12:30. You know, <laughs> I think there was even some reports of um, like Carmelo Anthony, like he saw that 12:30 start and he kind of like, what the fuck? Like, you know, yeah, that like, what the hell? Look. Um, yeah, overall it was just a it was a fun cool game you know it's a preseason game who really cares it seems like overall with the nets nobody was really out there who was supposed to be out there i think james harden was pretty much the only one out there but uh overall fun game cool game uh we got the suns coming up next for the preseason i think they play on like i think they play tomorrow as a matter of fact on wednesday uh so we'll get into some happy sad news i guess it depends how you look at it Lakers or actually Pau Gasol himself has actually has actually announced his retirement. Uh, Lakers have announced that or Lakers are reporting. I think uh, I'm pretty. I, I hope that they don't. I hope that they do do this. But I hope that it's not like a lie or that they're just rumors or whatever the case is. 
Uh, but Lakers have been reporting or there's been reports out there that Lakers are going to be retiring his number, number 16. And I got to say, that's the best thing that you can do for this guy. This guy won two championships with the Lakers. He won them with Kobe. I, To me, in my opinion, he's one of my he's one of my favorite Lakers of all time. I, and and I'm, a, I'm a little bit younger. I'm, you know, for those of you guys maybe are old enough to remember the three-peat so, so well. I remember the three-peat era, but... I was I was a little bit younger, you know, so I, I I had a different love for basketball back then. I just thought it was cool. Uh, when I got older and I actually, you know, and during those Kobe Powell um, years, having Ron Artest, having Trevor Ariza, having Shannon Brown, you know, J- Jordan Farmer, L- uh, L.O., uh, you know, having all those guys, having Luke Walton still on the team back then, you know, having Derek Fisher on there, you know, bringing back Fish. It was just, uh, you know, having Jordan Hill, you know, these guys were just, or Rooney, Rooney uh, Terrioff, you know, these guys were one hell of a team. They were cool. They were, they were guys who, I don't know, they're energetic. They had shooting. They had athleticism. They had everything around them, man. It was a hell of a squad. And Powell, man, Powell just kind of brought a whole different, like, just direction a whole different look to the team and and he was so ahead of his time and you know all those european players you know spaniard players they're so they were so ahead of their time you know you know big guys shooting the ball really well you know being able to run up the floor i still think my one of my favorite highlights of power and if you guys haven't seen it definitely go check it out um you could probably find it like on youtube or anything like that i'll probably i'll try to go in and post a, a link to it or something like that when i post up the the podcast but my favorite highlight of Powell is when he's running up the floor, he's like running right up the middle. He does like that whole little pistol Pete action where he puts it around his back and then kind of puts it around his leg. I don't even know what the, he like puts it around his back, puts it around his leg and then dishes it off. To, I think it was to LO or to Kobe for the, for the dunk. And it was just like, damn, like this is how you could tell this guy is having fun. And that's overall what the Lakers have always been about, you know, have having fun, but winning games, you know, and I don't know. It's just things that I, I, you know, just kind of reminiscing about about Paul, about Powell. Uh, you know, one of my other favorite stories is when um, Kobe talks about how he, I mean, he knew a little bit of Spanish already, but he got fluent in Spanish, so he can go in and talk to Powell in Spanish while they're out there in the games. You know, you know that's that's just how competitive that man was, Kobe. You know, just to uh, try to take the time to uh, to learn a new language, to to have that advantage with his with his teammate you know over other over other teams and i gotta say it was that's that's pretty damn cool you know that's it was definitely cool just to see how what a relationship those two had uh from the sounds of it it sounds like they're going to be putting number 16 right up next to number 24 and that's definitely the best way to do it you have to go ahead and respect the man like that uh them them two were attached at the hip you can tell that they were best of friends you know that they were always cool and tight and Powell and his family have stepped up in a huge way ever since Kobe's passing. You know, may, may God rest his soul. But um, he's been um, he's been a big he's been a big help from the sounds of it, from the looks of it, with uh, Vanessa and 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 their and Kobe's family. You know that it's um you know definitely a big thing. You know, definitely a big thing to want to hear today that that Powell's retiring. You know, it's a bittersweet thing, but I'm happy that. If he's going to be retiring, that they're going to be retiring his number as a Laker because that guy forever should be known as, as a Laker and one of the best Lakers of all time, you know. But definitely wanted to just bring that up. I uh, wanted to just talk about that a little bit here. I know I went a little bit far on that as well. Uh, but, 
you know definitely happy for power again for any of you guys who are power fans definitely mention to me or bring up like your favorite power moments your you know my, my other one probably has to be that 2010 uh championship year when they were going against the celtics and i think he was going up against like garnett and like maybe big baby davis or something like that he was going up against garnett and somebody else and he ended up getting the putback and you just see his 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 uh his his face his, his, his he screams just ah you just see him like just the had the passion the, the you know just the the, the the overcoming all that adversity and everything because if you guys remember he was he was talked about as a as a weak as a soft player back then you know a guy who wasn't who wasn't willing to go inside you know they since he had a shooting touch that he wouldn't go inside that much and you know of course us as lakers we know big dominant men you know big dominant centers you know shaq will you know kareem even though kareem kind of brought a little bit more of that finesse and that's what powell kind of brought but this guy was never afraid to go down there and, and battle with some of these guys but that was definitely has to be one of my favorite moments when he just screams and just ah just from getting that bucket you know definitely one of my favorite moments um but definitely go check them out I'll, I'll try to post up links to those on for youtube or something like that that way so you guys can go check them out and, and relate to some of some of those favorite moments send me up some of your favorite pal, pal moments or talk to me about the raiders game talk to me about this upcoming game against the bears whatever it is guys hit me up on my dms uh you know just post on my wall whatever it is tweet at me whatever it is um i love to go and start some conversations with you guys out there that are fans of, of of my of my teams as well we'll talk about you know debates anything anything it is and i got I, i'll you know i'll be happy to but anyways guys i hope you guys have a great rest of your tuesday i hope you guys have a great rest of your week i know i've been slacking it on trying to put on trying to put these out there but i promise you i'll be trying to get a little bit more consi- uh, consistent with it But I hope you guys like it. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And until next time, guys, peace. Addiction is a disease that impacts all of us. Whether you, your neighbor, friend, or family member is struggling, everyone feels the pain of addiction. Recovery Centers of America wants you to know that addiction treatment works and recovery is possible. Call 1-888-RECOVERY-NOW for help for yourself or a loved one. Recovery Centers of America, Capital Region, and Bracebridge Hall have helped thousands of patients in the D.C., Maryland area start a better, healthier way of life through their evidence-based inpatient and outpatient treatment programs. The caring team of physicians and clinicians at RCA see their patients as so much more than their addiction and are deeply committed to providing expert care with heart. Recovery Centers of America knows that every day in active addiction is a day in isolation, which is why they admit new patients 24-7 year-round. Don't wait. Make the call that can change everything. Call 1-888-RECOVERY now. That's 1-888-RECOVERY. Hello, this is Discover, and we take customer service very seriously. We know that if you have a question or concern about your credit card, that's a serious matter, and you need to talk to a real person about it. So we offer around-the-clock access to seriously talented representatives in the USA. Again, it's a serious endeavor. The only funny thing about it is Bob. If you call us and Bob answers, you're in for a treat. Get 100% U.S.-based customer service and talk to a real person day or night. Discover exceptionally common sense.